0: All right, here we go, we are live. Uh, Anyone who is new, this is ungovernable. I am Matt, I am flying solo. Uh, David is not with me this evening. He is spending time with his family, which is uh, completely okay, family first as always. Um, So uh, you're stuck with me, but we have three awesome guests with us tonight and we're gonna be talking some crypto. So, um, standard procedure here, like, comment, subscribe, share, hit the notification bell, retweet, uh, help share this out there and like and all the good stuff to help us with the algorithm. And if you are watching on either of the two uh, blockchain-based streaming platforms that we stream to, those being VIM TV and Odyssey, uh, please help out with a little bit of an upvote um, and help us out on those platforms as well. So. Uh, Without further ado, we're going to be talking crypto. Uh, We're doing kind of 101, um, and throughout our three guests, we'll kind of like build off of what we're talking about throughout the entire episode. I'm really happy to bring on the first guest of the evening. Uh, This is Scott C. Business, and uh, Scott is actually how I got on the hive by watching Scott's video, so I think that's awesome. So how's it going, Scott?
1: That's going good. Thank you for having me on.
0: Yeah, no, my pleasure. I want to say say thank you for taking the time. So anyone who is not familiar with you, uh, who are you and where can they kind of like find your content?
1: Yeah, so um, my main focus has been originally on crypto and blockchain related social media platforms. Uh, And then I started to dive a little bit into like crypto passive income uh, and then just kind of like being able to live fully decentralized, whether it's spending or whatever it happens to be. And um, yeah, I, I make content. I'm on pretty much every single platform that you can think of uh, and the ones that you can't think of. Yeah. And uh, you can find me anywhere under at uh, Scott C business. And um, I've been creating content now for almost four years.
0: Awesome. That, that's incredible. Um, so uh, my first thought was, so I have young kids uh, and they like the the Lego movie. And, uh, so, uh, your, your moniker, Scott C business is like, uh, wait, what is it? Lord business or whatever. For the Lego <laughs>
1: <film>? <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, unfortunately there's like no easy way to get my name, uh, as a username. And I tried like every variation and, um, eventually that was the only one that was available. So I just said, you know what, <laughs> I'll just go with it.
0: Might as well run with it. Definitely. Um, all right, cool. So uh before we get into kind of like the educational portion, um h- how and why did you get into crypto?
1: Yeah. Um so I went to school for networking and IT security, so I always kind of um had that IT technical background and everyone that sure. I you know went to school with, my friend group, it was all a little bit within our 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 milieu, our social milieu, but um I didn't really get into it until the tw- like in 2017. Um, unfortunately for me, I bought like right near the end, and uh, and then it started to go way down. And uh, I realized I wasn't the greatest at uh, investing. It was my first time ever really investing in anything. I didn't even uh, hold any stocks or anything at the time. Sure. And um, yeah, and so I, I it went way down. Obviously, I didn't sell, but uh, it really just taught me that. I'm not the most amazing at investing, but like there's something to this. And I started to look around and um, not soon after I found steam and um, I've been doing social media marketing as my sort of day job for, for a long time now. And I was wondering like, how could blockchain and crypto uh, how, how does that mend with social media or where do those two worlds meet? And um, the first one or the first platform that I ever found was steam and um and steam it as the interface and uh, for a long time i was just exploring that making content about that because the biggest thing was that there was no educational content out there mm. um and uh i wanted it just for myself but then i figured i might as well kind of like document it and then share it as like a guide for other people who have the same uh Concerns, or they just there is a lack of education in the space. So I started doing that for a while, and then I started to look at other platforms, and then uh, just continually built everything out, and uh, just continued making guides for other platforms and teaching people. And um, yeah, it's kind of just blossomed, and I've just kept it going and started doing interviews and a bunch of other stuff, and it's uh, kind of just grown from there.
0: Yeah, I I, I love that. It's um, so I, I I love asking people because. Uh, people come to blockchain from all different places, right? Like, if you were a gamer and you came because of the gaming environment, you know that was mm-hmm. one reason. Um, some people came for more like, we're, we're going to have Crimson Clad on in an hour. Um, she's very much from kind of like the the artistic, but she's also a programmer uh, kind of uh, space and and kind of perspective. But yeah, the the how people get to blockchain, I always think is really interesting. Uh, and it doesn't always have to be political, right? Like there can be very valid reasons outside of the politics of it to come to blockchain and, and, you know, kind of find a home, so to speak, or, or really kind of exist in, in that sphere. So, um, let, let me ask you, uh, the, the, like getting started, what do you see as like the biggest impediment to people getting into blockchain?
1: Um, that's a hard one. Um, (laughs) I would say that uh, it seems very complex um, to people coming in. And um, this is partially why I focused on social media, because I think um, I think naturally social media is going to be one of the most important ways that people onboard to crypto, especially when they learn about how, like, you know, I can share what I'm already sharing, but I might be able to earn cryptocurrency for it. I think people are like, um, I don't know. activated in a sense like they at first they were kind of you know switched off but then once you give them free crypto or you know get them a little bit started then they're kind of like activated they're like okay how do i do this how do i get all this but if they don't have that original motivation they're not uh they're like people don't look at like you know they don't look at the economy say oh my god there's all this inflation what do i do let me join like hive um instead it's more like you get a little bit of free crypto in some way. And then you are like, okay, how do I actually keep this going? How do I, how do I get this out? How do I actually spend this? Uh, And I think once people kind of follow through on all that, um, then naturally it kind of gets them involved in the space. It's hard to get people to just go through this massive paradigm shift. Um, And I mean, it's the same for, for anything, right? Like even for the internet, um, my, my parents took so long to really, get started. And they're still like very preliminary with the internet. And the reason that most people use the internet today is just because uh, you don't really need to understand it. And I would Mm. I would argue most don't. Um, And that's why people are able to use the internet so well. And, and that's what blockchain needs to get to. And then, you know, everyone will be using it. So I think that one of the biggest things right now is just not understanding why they need to care. And then Mm. just, uh, the complexities or at least the the perceived complexities around getting started because obviously it's getting easier and easier um, from when I first started to where we are now
0: oh yeah no the the um, the it it's it's daunting because there's like a learning curve right um, and also because it is I mean it's not new new but like in terms of it starting to kind of like catch on it's new in that context and it is kind of like the wild west in a way because things are changing Mm -hmm. so rapidly and there's so many different kind of like new startups and stuff like that to to keep tabs of i mean like you can feel like you're drinking from a fire hose if you really start to kind of get into it you know um you know the just just the account creation process itself has evolved dramatically over like the last 12 18 months which Mm uh i think is a huge positive because the last thing you want is someone who's interested in the actual platform and then you know, they just can't even get started, right? Like, it it has to be as as user friendly as possible. I think it's getting there. So from from like a a layman's perspective, or or in layman's terms, what's the difference with uh, from blockchain to say, like, the traditional kind of like, you know, web computing uh, space right now? What is that juxtaposition look like?
1: Yeah, so First, I'll preface with saying kind of what I was just saying that uh, people don't need to necessarily understand all the uh, intricacies of blockchain and, you know, what is mining and, and how is this block being mined and all these different things. It And again, it kind of goes back to just like the Internet. You don't really need to fully understand it to use it. You just need to know how to use it. And I would argue that's pretty much the same with anything. Uh, most people don't know how combustion in a car engine works, they just need to know how to drive the car and the rules of the road. So it's the same with blockchain, where you just kind of need to know the basics, and then you need to know just how to operate within the space. um, And understand, because a lot of people get, like, I, I think this is probably one of the biggest pain points is that they say, OK, well, wait, no, I don't want to start my account until I fully understand what is this mining process and how does this work? And then they get lost in the in- intrinsic, all the stuff. And it would be the same as being like, uh, do you want to play basketball? It's like not until I fully understand physics and how the ball leaves my hand <laughs> and the mathematics. And and it's like that's what is kind of like stopping people. Yeah. Um, in layman's terms, how is it different from like our current system? I would say again, it's hard to really see the difference unless you understand the problems. So first you need to understand the problems and then you can see the solutions because otherwise the solutions aren't really needed. If you don't think there's a problem. Uh, And the problem is centralization and, um, and inflation or at least just, you know, poor financial, like a bad economy really. And, um, and it's just kind of once you're aware of these things and once you've kind of internalized and grasped why I need to you know, learn about inflation, why does it matter, um, things like that, mm-hmm. then you're like, OK, what's the solution? And one of the best solutions is blockchain. And again, what I was also saying is uh, centralization is the other issue. So again, most people don't see the issue because they're like, what if I need money from my bank I'll go to the bank, I'll take out the money. Yep. But, you know, if 10 percent of all people wanted to do that, then the banks would have no money left. And yeah. uh, it's the Bailey Savings people... and Loan
0: model. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So so if people don't see this inherently, then there's no reason to go and invest in Bitcoin, buy gold, do any of these things. Um, and and I think, yeah, it's really just internalizing, understanding that problem first, because otherwise it just doesn't really matter to people. Like it's hard to cause for a lot of us in the crypto space who have already learned all these things um, it's like an existential thing. It's like, I need to protect myself from the future from all these crazy things that might come our way. Um, And you only really start to get in down that rabbit hole. Once you start to learn about crypto and you learn about, you know, the problems with our economy and stuff. And it's a, it's a complete paradigm shift. I would argue that, um, Trying to spend, store, uh, and earn crypto will completely shift your entire uh, approach to finance. And Mm -hmm. uh, for me, it's like forced me to be much more frugal. Um, You know, I don't want to spend this because it might be worth more tomorrow. So every transaction, every exchange uh, is so much more meaningful. And you, you actually think about like, do I actually need this? Is it better if I wait? And, mm-hmm. I, and I think that it kind of forces you to have a much better just generic uh, financial, personal financial skills, which is a big part of it. Because, I mean, again, uh, a lot of people don't budget. They don't save. They don't invest. Um, and And all of these things kind of all encompass up into learning about crypto, in my opinion, or at least in my experience. Once you start to get into crypto or investing of any kind. It kind of opens you up to to all that, to to learning more about personal finance, learning more about investing, whether it's the stock market or crypto. Um, Everyone needs to to learn that kind of stuff because you don't learn that in school, obviously. So, yeah, I think blockchain is a really good stepping stone, especially because we have things like. Uh, social media platforms where you can earn crypto so the people who are kind of scared to get started uh, they don't want to give their credit card or send money or whatever it happens to be you can get started for free in many different ways and um, and that's really all you need to, to start to understand how useful this is what you can do with it and uh, I think just it's it's really about not having a cost or risk associated to starting and that's what will get people in
0: yeah, I and I uh, I I'm right on board with you with that. It's like the the easier the introduction is, the the better the uptake is going to be in terms of you know people not necessarily like trying any getting, getting frustrated or not seeing value at the very beginning of it. Um, and you actually mentioned something that I, I would say is also another selling point. It's like that centralization aspect of it. And again, blockchain isn't just Financial, right? Like it it is, that's kind of the big use case that came on the scene with Bitcoin and everything like that. But like you were talking about, you know, social media is another big place where Bitcoin, I mean, where blockchain is, has a really big use case. Um, the way I try to explain it to people is, you know, anyone who's been in the situation where, uh, you know, their Facebook account got locked or deleted or something like that. Um, and all their pictures are now not retrievable or anything, you don't have that same problem with blockchain because those things that you're putting onto Facebook's platform, they are the centralized arbiter of what gets stored and presented and everything like that. On the blockchain, you can put whatever you want on the blockchain. Um, And actually, uh, interestingly enough, in your example about kind of like being a little bit more, you know, financially responsible, um, it also causes you to pause before you decide to post or put something out onto the blockchain too, because that thing now lives forever, right? Um, mm-hmm. and, and it's one of those things where, like, you really have to have uh, a mindset where you understand that that's going to be there and it's going to live in infamy if you decide to, you know, uh, you know drink and post, right? Like, <laughs> you can get into trouble uh, over a long period of time. So you definitely have to be um, discerning about it in a way. Um, so we mentioned... Crypto, uh, blockchain and crypto. So I think most people get that crypto is like a currency that's associated with blockchain. But what does that kind of like marriage look like or that partnership between the underlying technology being the blockchain and what most people kind of understand to be blockchain, which right now, for the most part, you know, most people just think of Bitcoin. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, I think this is a very, very important distinction because... um... I would say a lot of the platforms that I look at have the guise of free speech, uh, uncensorable. We're using the blockchain, but you know, out of the 200 plus platforms that I've reviewed, I would say only a handful are really, you know, uh, actual actu- ac- Oh my God! Accurately living <laughs> up to uh, to all the stuff that they're saying. Like a lot of these free speech platforms are free speech until they're not right. um, a lot of these blockchain platforms are barely integrated with the blockchain. So there's only like a handful that are truly doing it and and are actually decentralized and are actually, you know, doing all the things that that you actually need them to do to, to truly uh, deliver on their promises. Uh, it's hard to actually narrow all that down. So, I mean, that's what a lot of what I do is go and I test them and I review them and I share them with people. Sure. Um, because I, I, most people are only using a couple social media platforms to begin with, let alone going and testing out hundreds of new blockchain platforms to figure out which one's actually good. And most people would probably not put in the time and research to really find out if they were decentralized or actually using the blockchain, etc. Yep. Um, so I would say that cryptocurrency is the, like you said, the financial side of things. Mm -hmm. blockchain is the technology that's enabling a lot of this stuff to happen so for me there's like key things that i'll always look for um if i'm truly looking for decentralized because you can have centralized blockchain uh applications which is kind of defeating the purpose Mm -hmm. um but i mean there's a lot of centralized services a lot of people think lending cryptocurrencies, like really good idea, but 99% of it is done through centralized services where they hold your cryptocurrency. And that is just not a good idea. Uh, There's a few services that are coming out with like smart contract lending and truly decentralized lending. Um, But I see like a lot of times people think that, oh, if I stake on an exchange, you know, like this is safe and this is good. And it's like, well, no, not really, because they're holding your crypto and you could stake on your own wallet and you don't have to do it on the exchange. But it's just, you know, it's easier. So, I mean, I I made a video yesterday about why you never keep crypto on exchanges because of all the many hacks and all the different things that can happen. Um, It's best to just avoid a lot of these centralized services, because, again, this is kind of what we're going back to. We're getting away from banks and centralized services And then ironically, a lot of that is kind of being brought back into the space. Like you have PayPal, you can buy and sell crypto, but you can't withdraw it. Eventually, when you can spend it, it's only uh, spendable where they're going to allow you to spend it. So there's now this kind of um, this attempt to re-centralize the decentralized space, which is essentially what happened with the Internet. So this is a very similar progression of events. So originally the internet was decentralized. Then it was centralized by major, you know, like Google, Amazon web services, all that kind of stuff, because they've built up all the infrastructure, which is fantastic. But now they have so much power and control over what's going through the internet. If you're banned on a lot of these major um, platforms, you're not really getting access to like 80% or more of the internet. So, Right now, the Internet is more or less centralized. But with blockchain and Web 3.0, we're getting back to the decentralized Internet. And um, I think we might see something like that with blockchain, too. It seems like that's kind of where what's happening right now. Um, they're talking about making a Fed coin, all this different stuff. And um, the important thing is to just go back to the original ethos of crypto and, like, why do people actually care about it? It's all about decentralization, having the true, uh, control responsibility, um, and just having that control over your money and, and anything that you put out, right. Like you were mentioning, um, putting out content mm-hmm. having it uncensorable, not being able to just be deleted off of YouTube. And, uh, and, and, and like I was saying, there's platforms that are, you know, they're integrating the blockchain. Um, they've got a hash on the blockchain. They've got cryptocurrency, they've got all these things, but, the only videos they allow are YouTube and Vimeo. So then yeah. it's like, oh, well, then if I get banned off of YouTube, then all of my content on this crypto platform will not be accessible anymore. So it's really not achieving what it's trying to achieve. And and that's the case with a lot of platforms. So um, I would just say making sure that it's actually u- like using decentralized services. It's actually... Um, not relying on old things like YouTube legacy platforms. But again, it, it's hard to kind of nail all this down and do all this research and stuff. So again, that's kind of why I do all this for everyone uh, and then just put out these reports.
0: Yeah, I can't <clears throat> I can't advocate enough for people to go to your channel regardless on what platform it's on um, and just check out because you do go through like literally step-by-step um, you know sign up processes and kind of like what things mean and how they operate uh, and I think that's a huge value in this space because again it's it is a bit of a learning curve so and it's um to to a lot of people who aren't used to it 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 might not necessarily be as intuitive as you know some of these other platforms but I think you hit on the most important thing is whatever is like bringing you to the space, um, make sure that what you're using is actually, delivering on what you're looking to either a problem to fix or, or a benefit that you're looking to get out of it, make sure to at least ask the questions and do the basic research. And in, in terms of like seeking someone like you out, um, to say, okay, you know, is this actually working for me in the way that I, you know, I want it to, or I need it to is, is a, is a, mm. you know, a really important question. Um, what would you say is the easiest way for now, granted, there's an entire continuum of ways that you can get into the onto the blockchain and involved in crypto. I think most people within the last 24 months, 18, 24 months, you know, a lot of them, it was just pretty much the news about like Bitcoin hitting, you know, breaking records and things like that. They went and they got, you know, a Coinbase account or something like that, and they threw a couple hundred bucks onto it just speculatively. Um, that's that's been their introduction right? Um, would you say that that's probably a good way to get involved in the space? Or is there somewhere else that you would look to kind of like, you know, dip your toe in the water that's, you know, a side of that, or maybe even a step after you've, you know, picked up a, a wallet and you you have a little bit of crypto?
1: Yeah, because um, uh, what I did originally was I invested and then, you know, I just let it sit for a while. And uh, for a long time, I was in the negative so yeah, I'm sure about, a lot of people have two and a half
0: years of pain there.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I'm sure, uh, I'm sure a lot of people are having that uh, right now after Elon, you know, flipped around and uh, the whole market, you know, went completely, went completely crazy. So I'm sure a lot of people are kind of feeling that way too. Yeah. I would say the best way to, uh, to get started again is to earn it or find some way to, uh, you know, whether you're posting on crypto social media or, Or you convince your employer to pay you a portion in Bitcoin or you sign up with BitWage and you can just have that done automatically, whatever amount, whatever it happens to be. I think the best way to get started is to kind of just get involved with some of the like ecosystems, not just put a little bit of money in and forget it. because just looking at crypto like it's a potential like a gamble or a get rich quick thing, I don't think that's like um, a useful approach. Again, if I if I liken it to the internet, um, if you were at the beginning of the internet and the only thing you were caring about was like, hey, let me buy a couple domain names and call it a day, I think that's you know not really utilizing the uh, technology for what it's actually able to do so i would say to actually check out whatever you're interested in whether it's gaming and you want to play blockchain games or um you know get skins or nfts or whatever for art or you're interested in social media because i mean most people have social media the difference is like if you're posting a lot why not earn some money for it um i'm writing a book called the undiscovered value of your content Because most people don't know that their content even has value intrinsically Mm. until they start using a platform like like Hive or some platform that is willing to pay you from the get-go. Even YouTube, you can earn money, but it took me like four years to start earning money on YouTube and it's still uh, minuscule compared to what I'm earning everywhere else. So yeah, I think most people just don't realize that you know, their selfie or whatever it happens to be could potentially have some value. It's just that legacy platforms are already extracting that value and they're giving you none of it back. The difference with a lot of these crypto and blockchain platforms is that they're sharing that value with you and they're rewarding you for what you're actually contributing. And uh, most people just don't get to see that until they finally get initiated into that
0: yeah no I, I think that is a that is a gigantic um aha moment like the light bulb goes off because i think as much as people hear it they don't really trust the saying until they actually experience it like mm. you it does sound a little
1: crazy that you can just right. post and just make money yeah I,
0: it, it sounds nuts but at the core of it like philosophically you are the product right like without you and what you're posting and stuff like that other people wouldn't be on the platform, right? And I'm not mm-hmm. saying like one individual, I'm saying like in the aggregate, right? Like if people weren't there posting and sharing, obviously there'd be nothing going on. There would be no value and no revenue generated by, you know, the, the big web 2.0 tech platforms, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but that moment that someone posts and whatever it is, if it's 50 cents or two bucks, or if they just so happen to hit it out of the park on their first like blog post or whatever, and they make, you know, 50 bucks or a hundred bucks, like the, the light bulb goes off and they're like, holy crap, this whole time, you know, whatever I've been blogging or, or sharing photography and stuff like that. And I could have been earning and, you know, this revenue normally would have gone to some big tech company and now it's in my pocket. Um, and yeah. And then, and then the next, then the question is, okay, great. How do I replicate that? Right? Like, how do I do it Mm -hmm. again? You know? Um, so, uh, let me ask in terms of just the the cryptos i mean this is not a investment advice channel or anything like that but um besides like the big ones that most people have heard of i think most people have heard of bitcoin i think there's probably like maybe and again i'm just throwing a number out like maybe half of people that are uh, aware of crypto know of ethereum right Um, beyond that i don't think a ton of people are following these other you know thousand crypto coins that are out there and and sadly uh,
1: they've probably heard of doge
0: (laughs) uh yes yeah that's probably the third one right Yeah. yeah um and so but so outside of those big three so to speak um what other ones are you kind of like tracking or on or on your radar because i think the other thing that people have to understand is some of these things are um I, I, I'm reluctant to call it a currency, but some of these things are are a little bit more ubiquitous in terms of your ability to use them to like do transactions. And then others have very specific use cases that generate mm. them or that you can spend them on. So um, in that kind of context, like which ones are you looking at outside of the big three? I'm
1: pretty conservative when it comes to crypto. Um, so... I'm pr- like, I, I I put out a report every single month of exactly what I've invested in, uh, as well as what I earn from various platforms in case people are interested. But because hmm. um, I want I want to be 100 percent transparent with everyone. I don't want to, you know, be like telling someone about some coin and then they realize that, like, I've got a bunch of it or whatever it happens to be. So that's all 100 percent out there. True. Uh, right now, I'm like 60 percent Ethereum, 40 percent. Or well, no, it's more like fifty-five percent Ethereum, forty something Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. So, n- like ninety something percent of my crypto is just Bitcoin and Ethereum. Um, but then I've also got Litecoin, Bitcoin Cash, Dash. Those three are like my spendable currencies that I'll transact and I'll buy, you know, uh, beer, groceries, whatever. And um, and then I also have lbc for library odyssey and uh and hive that's pretty much it i have a couple other for various other like platforms like dtc for dtube mtr for Social, all the different social platforms um but i don't like seriously you know hold like a big bag of any of them it's more so just to you know test them out use them see what's you know see what's good but It's because that a lot of these cryptocurrencies, uh, you've got all these different things happening, pump and dumps, even like Mark Cuban got rug pulled on uh, on. uh, What was it? Um, Titan by Iron Finance. And Uh, uh, yeah. And so he got rug pulled on that and he wrote a blog post. He's like, wow. Two hundred and nine percent APY. This is so good, guys! Everyone should buy this. And then it like goes from like sixty dollars to like zero point zero 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 one after like three days. Yeah. And um, all that tells me is uh, is that there's all this hype. There's all these pump and dumps, altcoins, all this stuff. Maybe you can get lucky and you know make a ton of money uh, by buying Doge. You know, three years ago, and then you know whatever. But uh, I look at everything based on use case. Mm. So I would also say don't buy Doge because transaction fees for Doge is like it costs like, you know, three or four Doge to send one Doge now. So (laughs) I I would I would kind of, you know, put that aside as like uh, as a cash use case. I would say Dash is like Mm. less than a cent to send. Mm. So. You know, uh, I would I well, I use Dash because I don't want to spend ridiculous fees for my transactions. So, sure. yeah, with things like that, it always just comes back down to use case for me. And the only super important use cases that I have in my mind are store value. So that's Bitcoin for me. Mm-hmm. Um, programmatic money or like the equivalent in my mind of like the stock market, which is Ethereum. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're getting that too. We're getting tokenized stocks by the mass now, um, yeah. coming into uh, into the market. So that's really good to see. And then I look at um, you know Dash, Litecoin, Bitcoin Cash. I look at that as my spendable digital cash. And then and then the other one is like utility coins. So things like Hive and and Library that can actually like do some useful thing on that network, and uh, they're used to you know power those networks. And um, That's the way that I've kind of branched everything out and looked at it. Mm -hmm. I invested more in, you know, various passive income earning cryptos before. But uh, knowing that this would be the bull year uh, based on the halving cycles, I sold all of my basically sold out of all my passive income earning crypto and just went all in on Ethereum and Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. I also used to hold uh, real estate tokens, uh, realty tokens. It's tokenized real estate It's amazing. Mm -hmm. They buy the properties fully outright, then they tokenize it, then you get to buy the tokens and then you earn rent directly into your wallet every month where you hold the token. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's the right way to do it. 99% of crypto real estate is we want to build like a $50 million apartment. Everyone send us your money and eventually we'll get back to you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> um, that's like 90 percent of what's out there. So yeah. projects uh, so say do back. not yeah, <laughs> yeah and um, and that's also a lot of projects too like mm. not just real estate. a lot of projects are buy this and we don't have a product, but we promise we will. I just avoid all that stuff unless they've got some like really useful innovative product, I mm. say, I'm not going to speculate and that's fine if people do. I'm sure people make crazy money doing that. But uh, for people who watch my channel, a lot of what I talk about is I want to retire in 10 years or less and I don't want to make any mistakes or leave any room open for mistakes to be made Mm -hmm. um, to sort of build out the framework for this. So Mm -hmm. if I invest in some coin that I think is going to go 100 X and I lose all my money, then that's not a very good framework for other people to follow. Um, one thing that I say a lot is luck is not learnable. It's not replicatable and it's not a strategy. So investing in something with the premise that maybe I'll get lucky mm. is as foolish as, you know, buying lottery tickets. Yep. So that's my take on that. I'm, su- I'm much more conservative than most crypto investors, mm-hmm. um, but I've got like a very specific plan that I'm trying to to work out. And I'm, I'm very much subscribed to the Bitcoin halvings, uh, and like following the halvings and, and, and how that influences the price. So, so just I'm, explain
0: for anyone who's unfamiliar with that, explain that.
1: Yeah. So, uh, every four years, Bitcoin halves its inflation rate. So the miners get half as much, uh, Bitcoin rewarded to them for mining a block every four years, meaning that naturally miners have to, figure out a way to make more money to keep their expenses paid for and and to keep earning uh, profits. Mm. Naturally what ends up happening is every four years, we see the price typically uh, go up a lot because again, uh, if it doesn't at least double, the miners are now making less money. And um, I think it's obvious to say that most people don't want a uh, pay decrease every four years. Uh, and they'll obviously find a way to make that work. And uh, and that and that's like my layman's way of explaining it. But essentially, it's just that there's less supply coming in. So naturally, that puts more pressure. Uh, and, and if we still have the demand, naturally, uh, the price should go up accordingly. And I mean, um, Bitcoin isn't necessarily inflationary or deflationary it's just got its set inflation and eventually it'll be next to like nothing which is fantastic that's what you want um, in, in terms of store of value hmm. so a lot of cryptocurrencies have different things that they um like they have different you know rates of inflation different consensus models bitcoin in specific like specifically bitcoin is mainly a store of value. I know originally it was meant to be like digital cash, but I think it's safe to say that uh, Bitcoin is much more of a store of value today than actually used to be spent on things. Mm. Um, and that and that's that, that's kind of my general overview of the having. I have a whole video and breakdown on it, but it's really just that um, it's just supply and demand really yeah. at the end of the day and it's just playing off of those uh, tokenomics.
0: Yeah, I think uh, that's something that's um, important to understand about the the dynamics of Bitcoin itself is all of these people that you know throw out prognostications as far as like you know what Bitcoin's going to in terms of like its ultimate value or whatever. Um, the the layperson has to understand that it's not meant to uh, it's not meant to necessarily have a ton more of it you know, in the future, right? There's going to be a point in time where, you know, the the computing power essentially dictates and and I think they're actually going to cut off the total supply at some point, right? Um, But so it's going to have kind of a ceiling in terms of what's out there circulating. um, And that essentially means that it's going to now be essentially I guess, would you call it a pure inflation hedge because it will be essentially a set amount of something. And then if it's denominated in dollars and we continue to keep doing stupid American things and inflating our currency, um, that just means that the value is going to go up, but it doesn't necessarily mean that there's any more of it around. Does that, was was that kind of a, a good explanation of that?
1: Yeah, I think that was succinct. And, um, And and as an inflation hedge, the reason that Bitcoin is so important, more so than anything else, is because of what we were talking about originally, which is centralization and decentralization, because Mm. I've got gold, you know, I've got stocks, I've got all 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 the different things that I need to have to be diversified. But all of that can ultimately be taken away from me, robbed, uh, destroyed, whatever except yep. for the cryptocurrency that I hold in a private wallet that only I have the keys to everything else is up for grabs technically. So yep. once you kind of grasp that and you, and, and, and once you look into more like seeing people's bank accounts closed, all this different stuff, like the CEO of library had his bank account closed, his wife's bank account, his kid's bank account, seeing stuff like that um, and people having bank accounts closed for political reasons, et cetera. Um, just knowing that all these things can happen really set a fire under me to have three bank accounts, have multiple stock uh, exchanges, buy gold, uh, have crypto, have it stored offline, uh, and, and there's a million other things you can do that I would, you know, uh, recommend like multi-factor authentication. Uh, don't have any identifying characteristics in your email. Have a separate email uh, for things that are really you know important. Uh, have a separate password that is not used with any of those things. There's a lot of ways that you can protect yourself. But um, the most important thing is just being able to be like sovereign in a sense where you're not uh, relying on the government or whoever to do something. Because again, if I want to bring, you know, all of my gold on the plane on some trip, that's not going to work. Or, you know what I mean? Like, there's all these different instances where you know that this stuff is not going to work. I've tried withdrawing a stock from one bank, taking the paper certificate to another bank and depositing it. And it is the most strenuous process you could ever imagine. I recommend everyone do it just to understand uh, how terribly inefficient it is. Um, and going and doing all those different processes and realizing how inefficient these things are. And, you know, the bank's charging me, uh, 1695 a month, unless I have a certain amount of money in my bank account, all these different things, it comes down to, you don't have the true final say it's usually someone else. Like I have to, you know, ask for permission to get my money out of the bank or to do various things. And, um, and you're always beholden to someone else aside from your cryptocurrency that you control and you have in your own wallet and it's not an exchange. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, that's all fantastic advice. If anyone listens to that list of things that you can do, I would say start off and just kind of get your, you know, dip your toe, get your feet wet, get involved. And then as you start going with it, you will add those. They will basically be like, you know, arrows in your quiver, so to speak, Uh, Mm. and so you will end up building over time, those various things that can help you diversify and, and protect and stuff like that. So, um, Krim is actually in the waiting room. So I definitely want to bring her on in a minute or two, but I want to touch on something before I bring her on that you had talked about. And you said that a portion of your portfolio is in these kind of this passive income, uh, creating bundle, right? Um, what does that look like? Is it invested in a certain type of vehicle? Are these, you know, is it, you know, what you were talking about in terms of those real estate, um, uh, you know, tokenized real estate investments or is it something other than that?
1: Yeah, so... Um... A and lot you don't of have it give before. Give away the special
0: sauce. I want people to go look at your channel. So, <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, no, 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 that's fine. Um, yeah, a lot of it before was via staking and uh, like the real estate tokens and all that stuff. But mm. lately, in terms of passive income, like I said, I've pulled back a lot because I'm going all in on the growth play for the bear run. I mean, the mm. bull run of this year. Um, but I still I have my hive staked and I've got. Um, MTR on den.social. I also, um, I think I have a little bit of Tron, uh, on my Tron link as well. But for the most part, I've drained a lot of that and I've, mm-hmm. and I've just been investing. But now I'm kind of slowly getting back into building up that passive income. I think a great place to start is Hive. Um, and I'm sure Crimson could talk a lot about this. Um, but if you stake your Hive or even if you just now power, I mean, um, put your HBD into your savings. You can get like 10% on that, which is crazy. Yep. Um, and what I do with my powered up hive is you can just leave it and that gets you like 3.49% or whatever it is right now. Um, or you can delegate it to someone specifically. I delegate mine on Delease.io, And uh, essentially someone's just paying you every day for renting your, your hive. Mm-hmm. And that can help you earn up to like 13% or somewhere around there, um, which is a fantastic yield. So I'm definitely gung-ho on that. And, um, and I've been reporting that. And I think it's amazing. But don't get too tripped up on on yields. Like like I said, Mark Cuban uh, went for the 209% and that got him rug pulled. So yep. I wouldn't go around with like crazy expectations. But uh, yeah, there's a lot of reasonable uh, yielding uh, cryptocurrencies that you can stake and earn from. Um, again, some of the main ones that I've done in the, in the past are Hive, Tron, Steam. Um, and then I have some other things like realty tokens, etc. but there's a million different tokens out there that you can stake people trade. Uh, I mean, people, uh, provide liquidity on decentralized exchanges. There's a lot of different ways, but I would say avoid lending on a centralized platform because, uh, any, any, any kind of financial transaction in crypto where you have to give up the control of your crypto mm. uh, is never really a good thing. And the only way that you can do that safely is with smart contracts.
0: I uh, no, that's, that's a, that's a good point. Um, I lied. I have one final question. I think I know the answer because you seem fairly i seem i think it seems ironic to use the word conservative when it comes to crypto but um you you seem fairly conservative in your approach to crypto so um what about uh crypto trading bots is that anything that you've kind of like dabbled around with i mean kind of what's your what's your uh your slant on that when
1: i first started i did it um, yeah. but at the end of the day it's going to come down to how you set it up all these different things uh Again, like like I said, and like you mentioned, I'm very conservative, so I think things that seem too good to be true are, so I don't subscribe to uh, trading bots. I don't even like technical analysis, because what happens is people start thinking they're geniuses, and I have a whole thing on rules for investing, and one of the yep. rules is you're not a genius, um, so... <laughs> so people who start making money in a bull run think that they're like really good at this and you know like i have buddies who started last year and they're telling me oh like i'm shorting this i'm longing this i'm doing leverage i'm doing options and i'm like the hell are you talking about i'm not doing any of that i'm like you're not an experienced trader no one like you shouldn't be doing all this crazy all these using all these financial tools that you have no idea how to use and Thinking that you're like able to short and long Bitcoin every day and like do it well, it just kind of blows my mind. But I mean, I'll recommend to all my friends, you know, I think you should just stick to the safe stuff, invest in this, invest in this. And they'll go and just invest in like all these like altcoins and shitcoins. Um, it's kind of like, the stock market when people get in and they're like oh let me buy penny stocks and stuff and then they start losing yeah. money and then they're like oh maybe I should just invest in like the good stuff that has you know good fundamentals and a good a dividend history and stuff like that
0: yeah it's it's that um the the carrot of quick returns is it's so difficult for some people to kind of like displace themselves from it it's it's uh it is very intoxicating, especially yeah. during a bull market when, you know, uh, it, what was it? It was in the run up to 07, 08, someone, I forget who it was, but someone who was like a financial, uh, you know, commentator mm-hmm. was like the way they knew that the crash was coming was they got in the taxi cab and the cabbie was talking about this new, like, you yeah. know, crazy thing that they were investing in or whatever yeah. and how they had made so much money. Um, yeah, that was like a telltale sign of that kind of like bubblish, you know, mental. Uh, um, uh you know market environment environment but i i think the beauty of the crypto space is it's also extremely diverse as opposed to i would argue and we could get into this in a different episode i mean wall street um it's been shown that uh stocks are ridiculously interconnected um and so uh and it's it really has gone with the etf boom right so like as you have all these ETFs, just all of these different stocks get linked together. And so, you know, as Amazon and Google and, and Apple go, so go all the rest of the stocks. And it's, it's kind of taken the, uh, you know, true professional aspect out of it, or like what you would say is like, you know, the people who actually are geniuses, um, they still make money, but it's way more difficult now because there's so much interlinking between all of the investments. Um, which also goes to talk to, you know, the, the, the market environment as far as the Federal Reserve and what we do with printing money. So um, yeah. so let me give you one last shot. Uh, where can people go to sub to your channel and get more information?
1: Yeah, uh, you can find me everywhere at at Scott C. business. And uh, if you don't find me through that, you can search crypto and things. That's the, the podcast name, so to speak. If you looked on Spotify or whatever, um, you can find all my stuff there and uh lower your expectations in the crypto markets everyone uh everyone's got just out of whack expectations even a, a friend of mine who's up like you know 200 something percent on his ethereum he's like well i remember when it was up 400 percent. this is ridiculous yeah. and it's like <laughs> and it's like man if you were in the stock market you would not last
0: a second um, just, just tell him stake it he makes uh what eight percent with uh 18. yeah 2.0 right
1: yeah. Well, I mean, unfortunately he bought it on like um on uh like a stock exchange kind of like Robinhood, but here oh. in Canada it's wealth simple. And I was like, no, because yeah. it, another quick thing, if you're buying it on something like Robinhood, you don't get the benefit of like like for example in Canada we have a tax free savings account. You don't yeah. get any of those benefits of like tax related benefits and accounts and things like that. When you're investing through a stock exchange, unless you're doing something like we have here in Canada, there's Bitcoin and uh, Ethereum ETFs. I can invest in that through my TFSA. That's a good idea, but going on wealth simple and investing, there's no benefit. Um, And then they still hold the crypto and everything. Whereas I could just go and actually buy the crypto, then withdraw it. And then you get the full benefits. So that what he did and is that that's the worst of both worlds you either want the tax benefits or the decentralization and you don't want anything in between that
0: i i'm thinking of matthew mcconaughey and the wolf of wall street and he's like you know it's a fugazi it's like fake you know like uh we don't let them realize the actual (sighs) game fairy dust we we come to them with another idea you know like (laughs) yeah, (laughs) that's exactly what it sounds like um all right cool You're gonna stick around for a couple minutes? Yeah, I'll I'll hang out for a bit.